Hello, I'm Eric Chabro of GovInfo Security and the Information Security Media Group. Here's part two of my conversation with former FBI CIO Zami Azmi, who's now a senior vice president for global strategic law enforcement and national security at the IT services firm CACI International. You're a big believer in metrics. What are some of the metrics that should be put in place and how do you know if they're working properly? I'm a big believer, actually, in milestone and matrix. I would not say that on doing a project unless I know that I have goals and objectives that I have to meet by a certain time. And I think for security is the same. Again, it's probably not a single solution to all of the matrix and milestones because most of that is dictated by the urgency of the mission and also by the availability of the resources. Some of the matrix would be, for example, uh, one can look at the number of vulnerabilities that you can discover within your network. One can look at the number of the updates or patches that are being deployed in your network that introduces new vulnerabilities, which shows in itself that either there was something wrong with the patch or something may have happened during the integration of that patch. You can also look at, as part of your certification and accreditation process, you can look at the number of risks that you're assuming, high, medium, and low. Are those numbers high or low? How many high risks you have, how many medium, and how many low? And over time, you should see a reduction in those numbers. As the process matures, you should set up a goal that within the next 6 or 12 months, I would like to reduce the number of high threats in my environment by this percentage or medium threats by this percentage. The other part of it is every enterprise has hundreds not, I mean, probably thousands of computers in it. A matrix may be how soon or how often you can deploy patches over a distributed network. How often do you upgrade your desktops? How often do you upgrade your laptops? And as the patches are coming out for specific products that are in, in your environment, how quickly you can actually deploy those to the computers in your network. I remember one story that uh, was one CISO that actually was very, very proactive in terms of reducing the time between uh, when the patches were coming out in the market and uh, were being deployed in, in, within their company. And this guy had reduced the time by two months, I mean, almost 60 days. So from the time that it, uh, patch came out, he had a limited amount of time that was getting the, getting the patches out to the computers and, and, and servers in his environment. He, he knew that, you know, three months or six months was not good enough. And his goal was that he's going to have to reduce that time by, let's say, 30 days or 20 days or whatever it was. And that's what he was striving for. So there's an, a variety of different matrix that you can establish to, to achieve your goal. But again, you have to look at your environment and figure out what is important to you. And if you're a CISO or CIO, once you set up those goals and matrix, make sure that it's communicated with the senior management so uh, the strategy and the execution is in align with the mission parameters and uh, mission priority. That is critical that we have that discussion. Do you see that happening in government now or not? I think some of the organizations are pretty mature and they're making this happen. I would say Department of State, for example, their CISO has a fantastic plan for updating and deploying patches nationwide and worldwide to Department of State computers. And there are other agencies that are doing the same, but we still have work to do. Let me go back to something we discussed earlier about the, the number of qualified personnel to work. Even though you're taking this approach where you feel technology could help resolve some of the problems, do you see still a critical need for more IT security professionals in government? And if they can't get them, is that going to cause some kind of problem? We will always need IT professionals um, in the government and in the private sector because ultimately uh, somebody has to make a decision 
on the final outcome. I mean, computers are good on analysis and providing the data, but final decision has to be made by a human being. That is very critical, especially on mission-critical systems. The other part of it is as we are moving into the cyber warfare environment, uh, I see a critical need for cyber analysts, just like intelligence analysts. Because if you look at the two domains, they're very similar. The intelligence analysts rely on the number of information feeds that they are getting from different intelligence agencies. They are drawing a common uh, operation picture, operational picture, and then they decide how they can write a report and move it forward. The same is true of cyber warfare. You know, we're looking, these analysts will be looking at tons of information coming from different sources and different feeds, and then they have to determine what is the right course of action. So there is a need for cybersecurity professionals and cybersecurity resources. Unfortunately, the government and the private sector and all of us will be in this together. We just need to get the universities and basically academic centers to produce more cybersecurity professionals. And we also have an obligation to develop training programs and curriculums and actually train our people. Even when the people are not going to universities, we should be able to train our own people on a specific information security programs, capabilities. That way we have people that can make those decisions that, are, that computers are unable to make. You talk about the cyber analysts. How, how much would their backgrounds would be technical? How much would their backgrounds need to be just understanding overall security implications of the various uh, situations? Uh, I think a, a large portion of it probably will be technical because they will be looking at a lot of information and they should be able or must be able to actually decide what, which piece of information is valid and piece of information is not valid so they can discard most of the information that is not valid. Again, it's a field that is just coming out, especially in the environment where we're dealing with a lot of data, a lot of cyber-related data. If you look what happened in the real world back in Christmas with the near bombing of the airliner, it sounds as if we had all the data and even some of the analysts were analyzing the data, but they just didn't put everything together. Is there a virtual equivalent of that? It is very possible, Eric. So I give you a hypothetical scenario. If we don't share the information about cyber attacks, we will never know if the signature and the point of origin of an attack in the East Coast was the same as this was in the West Coast. We need to collect that information, and now we have an intrusion in Google, so we need to collect that information, how it was done, who did it, how much data was lost, what they were looking for, do some forensics to make sure that we have all of that information. And that information should be available to cyber analysts, because if a similar intrusion appears somewhere, then we know that there was the same group that attacked the other network. This is very similar, again, to going to connecting the dots. The intrusions coming from overseas, and we need to figure out exactly where they're coming from, and we need to be able to uh, defend against it. So that information needs to be shared with CERT and, and other uh, government agencies for future analysis, but also knowing the way it was conducted. Yes, there is some similarity in there. There's, again, the, the having the information, being able to analyze the information, being able to connect those dots and actually come up with a common picture and say, you know what, this attack is very, very similar to the attack that happened six months ago. And then they have to determine if it's the same group or somebody's mimicking this attack or is it a new attack. We need to start collecting that information and build a data for all of these, uh, database for all of these intrusions if we don't have one. Anything else you'd like to add? I'll share one concern with you that when I look at the intrusion that has happened over the last maybe a decade, you know, it, it looks like it's a systematic intrusion into our networks and into our facilities, um, uh, uh, electronically into our facilities. 
and capabilities. You always worry about that maybe somebody's trying to map your network. Maybe somebody's trying to map the national network within the United States to find out where all these vulnerabilities are. Whenever I see an intrusion, I always tell people that make sure you do a forensic analysis of your network to make sure there are no sleeper malware sitting in your network that you don't know that later on they're going to become active. The concern that I have right now to make sure that we have the right people doing the forensic analysis on this intrusion, but also sharing that information with the rest of the cyber professionals. So if we see similar attacks, then we know that has happened in the past. There may be solutions and patches to it that we need to deploy very, very quickly. Cyber has become a new field for, for exploration, not only by sophisticated hackers, but also by amateurs. So we need to find out exactly what their motives are and how we can address some of these intrusion into our networks. Thanks, Al. Eric, thank you for your time. And I've been speaking with Al Azmi of CACI for the Information Security Media Group and GovInfoSecurity.com. I'm Eric Chabro. Thanks for listening.